What's good, everybody? Welcome to the Florida State League Radio Network. We are happy to have you on the podcast today. As always, my name is Dylan here. Happy to have you on. We are back. A lot of stuff to talk about here in this episode as we are going to get right into some things here. So, obviously, if you guys haven't heard of the new MLB contraction plan. So, MLB, the last few weeks, a few weeks ago, they announced that they would be Changing the minor league landscape a bit. They are going, there's a few, you know, things that they would do. Uh, the pr- proposal would actually, it, it would try and help out some, you know, um, issues for the league, um, you know, for minor league baseball and such. It would, um, you know, it would get the clubhouses better. You know, it would really, in a sense, it would pretty much, it would pretty much revitalize minor league baseball and, and pretty much try and, uh, and try and make it a bit better for the players as of, you know, like traveling and such. So let's get right into it and kind of give you guys some of the details on like what would be a part of this contraction plan, what we're getting out of it, and if there's any Florida State League teams involved, which I'm going to give you a hint, there is actually Florida State League teams that would be, um, that would be involved in it. So the contraction plan it would eliminate most of the rookie and short season A ball teams in the new PBA between minor league baseball and MLB. Um, the Northwest League would lose two teams. The New York Penn League would potentially, or two New York Penn League teams would come move to Double A Eastern League, um, and then one other New York Penn League would be shifted up to the Carolina League and replace a team existing there. The Appalachian League would go away, except for the Pulaski Yankees and possibly the Johnson City Cardinals uh, moving up to the single A. And other teams in the Sally, Carolina, and Midwest League, which is um, South Atlantic League, and the California Leagues would go away as well. In addition, there is talks to adding a third low-A league in the Mid-Atlantic region, and some of these markets could come part uh, in other things. So what's the driving What's driving these proposed changes? A is a cut down on travel time, so travel time would be a lot easier for the teams, uh, and also improving facilities. So that's really the main thing that these, these are going to try and do. Uh, cut down on travel time, have it where they're not spending as much money, and also improve the facilities. And I think that's a good thing. I think minor league baseball, some of them are really, really bad. Like, they're really in bad shape. So I'm very, very kind of happy about that portion. But, I mean, cut down travel time. I mean, there's some leagues that are really, like, they're not even that hard. Like, the Florida State League, for example, travel time is easy. I mean, we're all in Florida, so it's very easy. But there are a lot of teams that will be going away, 42, actually. Um, And this is the list of the commissioner's office. This is the list of the teams that would be going away. So, 
Let's begin in AA in the Eastern League. So the Binghamton Rumble Ponies, who are related to the New York Mets, they would be going away, and the Erie Sea Wolves would be going away. They're related to the Pittsburgh Pirates. So two teams already gone. Erie Sea Wolves and Binghamton Rumble Ponies would be gone from the uh, minor league baseball. Chattanooga Lookouts and the Jackson Generals will be gone from the Southern League. In the Florida State League is Daytona and Florida. Now we'll stop right there, and we'll get into that and kind of talk, um, my opinion at least, talk about what I think about it. For me, Florida, I think, makes sense. I think Florida's been a disaster from the beginning. I've stated this before on the podcast. They've had a lot of issues. They're having stadium issues right now. We don't even know where they're playing at yet. Um, They've had front office issues. They've had their team isn't been performing well on the field. Quality of play has kind of been pretty bad for the team. Um, so Florida leaving isn't that big of a deal. However, this one is, and I am is, and I am actually surprised that this team is. I understand maybe because obviously they don't play in a spring training home, so it's a bit more expensive probably because it since there's only you know the spring training team probably doesn't help out with the pay. Um, the Daytona Tortugas. So with the Tortugas, it's more so they've been really successful. But not only that, it, it, they've been they, not only in their play, but they've been successful in you know ticket sales. They were one of the top teams in the Florida State League in attendance. So surprising to me that they would be on this list. But I mean, obviously they don't play in a spring training site in Florida, and that's what most of the Florida State League teams play in, a spring training location. Uh, Like Bradenton, they play where the Bradenton-Pittsburgh Pirates play. You know, same thing with the Stone Crabs and et cetera, et cetera. So I'm surprised for Daytona, you know, and it stinks because Daytona's ballpark is really, really cool. It's an old throwback, like it's really neat. I call it the Fenway of the Florida State League because it's a very old stadium. It's been around forever. Um, so it surprised me, and they really, they, they've done a good job, they've got a ton of people in there, again, second in the league, or first in the league in, um, in attendance, they've been really good in attendance the last couple of years, and they've had some of the best promotions, Bob Ross Night, Fortnite Night, uh, Talladega Nights, uh, they've done a lot of good stuff for their promotion and their brand, they've done a really good job, and I'm, I'm honestly, I'm surprised, I'm not... It's a bit, you know, I understand where they're trying to do, you know, they're trying to cut time, and it is a very long drive. Daytona's really the only outlier, they're kind of the really the farthest, I mean, other than me, you go down south, but, I mean, for the north, in a sense, it's a really far drive. I mean, Lakeland's probably the closest one, and that's probably still about an hour and a half to get over to Daytona, so... I understand it a bit, but I honestly think that could really affect the Florida State League big, big, big time. I think Daytona's the best team in the league, or one of the best teams in the league when it comes to just stability. I think they're a very stable franchise, and I, I'm a bit shocked. Florida, I, it's I don't care honestly. Florida could, you know, they 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 don't matter to me. Uh, so the next one is the is the California League. They would lose the Lancaster Jethawks. So, um. You know, okay. Uh, the Carolina League, they would lose the Frederick Canadians, or not Canadians, sorry. Uh, I just watched a YouTube video a couple of, uh, minutes ago. The Frederick Keys, they would lose. And I actually got to go see the Frederick Keys this year. It's a very fun location. It's just a very old ballpark. 
And Frederick's a small town, too. So, I mean, honestly, they're not losing too much out of it. But it is a very fun place. And I had a really good time when I went there, actually. It was a very fun place. I caught my first home run ball there. So, it was pretty cool. Uh, and then now we get into low A. So, that was high A. So, um, before I continue, there is no AAA teams that are getting lost. So, all the AAA teams would stay. It's They might move, but they're going to stay in AAA. They're not, you know, they're going to stay as a team. They're not, there's no teams that are getting taken out of AAA and being taken out of minor league baseball. They are, they might be moved, but they're not going to be eliminated. They're not going to not be a team. They're not going to fold in a sense. So, let's continue here. In the low A, we have the Midwest League. We would lose the Belote Snappers, the Burlington Bees, and the Clinton Lumber Kings. In the South Atlantic League, we would lose three teams, the Hagerstown Suns, Lexington Legends, and the West Virginia Power. In the New York Penn League, we would lose a lot of teams, the Auburn Double Days, Batavia Muck Dogs, Connecticut Tigers, Lowell Spinners, Mahogany Valley Scrappers, Williamsport Crosscutters, State College Spikes, Staten Island Yankees, and Vermont Lake Monsters. Um, I'm not sure too much about the league, um, but Brooklyn isn't being lost. That's a good thing um, because I think Brooklyn is a huge market, so I think that's a good thing that they're not getting rid of that. But, um, I, I, you know, a team like Williamsport, obviously they play the Williamsport, the Little League Classic there. So, I mean, they'll probably still play it there, obviously, and it won't be a big deal. I mean, they could probably turn it into minor, you know, little Little League field for the kids and stuff, you know, for the Little League um, World Series. So, they probably will have a use for that. So, in the Northwest League, we're only going to lose two teams, the Tri-City Dust Devils and the Salem-Kaiser Volcanoes. In the Appalachian League, the entire league would pretty much leave, in a sense. Um, the Bluefield Blue Jays, the Bristol Pirates, the Burlington Royals, the Danville Braves, Elizabethan Twins, Greenville Reds, Johnson City Cardinals, <clears throat> um, the Kingsport Mets, and the Princeton Rays. The only team that would not leave is the Pulaski Yankees, and we'll get into them in just a bit and where they would move to. Um, and then the Pioneer League, the Billings Mustangs, Grand Junction Rockies, Great Falls Voyagers, Idaho Falls Chuckers, the Missoula Paddleheads, which I think is really funny because they just changed their name like a couple, like maybe a week ago, two weeks ago. So I think it's kind of funny that now they might not even be a team in like a year in, uh, in a in a season from now. So it's kind of kind of funny that they just changed their name and they might not even be a team. Uh, the Ojedin Raptors, Raptors, the Orem Owls, and the Rocky Mountain Vibes, which is also pretty much a brand new team. So. That is all the teams that would be lost. Now let's get into teams that would be shifting. So for the Fresno Grizzlies, they would shift to the Cal League from the Pacific Coast League with a St. Paul team entering the PCL, and then another current PCL team would shift to the Class AA, so they would shift to a low, the low league lower than that, um, and then to make room for a new Sugarland team. So that'll be interesting. Sugarland, uh, they have the Skeeters there, so that'll be interesting. So maybe, they may, maybe they'll put a Skeeters team there. That'll be neat. Uh, the Pulaski Yankees. Yankees, they would move to Class A, no place in particular. I'm trying to think of a place that I would put them at. Um, if they were to move to Class A, I guess it would probably be the, I would have to say the Carolina League. That would be the best fit for them, but it, that could go anywhere. Um, and then uh, Johnson City would not be moving. As I said earlier, they were thinking about moving, but they might. Um the Brooklyn Cyclones, they would move to the Eastern League with the Hudson Valley Renegades, Tri-City Valley Cats, West Virginia Black Bears, and Aberdeen Ironbirds would move to Class A, so they would move up a 
uh, a they would move up a level. Uh, for the Bowling Green Hot Rods, they Hot Rods they would shift leagues possibly to Double A or so Double A, so they would go up a, a class, which is pretty good. And Beloit's survival will depend on finalizing funding for a new downtown ballpark. So if they if they are able to get a new ballpark, they will be fine. They will not leave, uh, and the Quad City River Bandits would actually be up for debate if they would be leaving. So that is pretty much all of that. So 42 teams, um, and, and I, again, back to what we were talking about for the Florida State League, Daytona, very surprising to me. I think Daytona shouldn't leave, and they actually, um, if you want to go do this right now, on Daytona's website, they are starting a sort of a campaign to, it's called Stand Up With Jack, and what they're doing is they're campaigning to try and keep baseball in Daytona. Go do that. Very, very go do that. It's a very big deal, I think, and I, I think Daytona baseball, honestly, it's thrived the last couple of years, and I think they should stick around the league. I think they're a vital asset to our league, and I don't see why they should leave. So um, that's just my opinion about it. Now let's uh, kind of jump back to the Florida Fire Frogs a bit. So today um, in the news, uh, Mr. Pat Williams, who is the owner or former owner of the Orlando Magic, pretty much brought the Orlando Magic to the NBA. He has suggested that a Orlando team should be in the MLB. He's not suggesting a, a relocation, so Tampa wouldn't move, Miami wouldn't move. Um, they would be bringing in a new expansion team in Orlando. Now, for my take on it, I don't think it will work. And here's why. I it's too much tourism in in Orlando. It listen, you're in you have a a huge tourism market. You have Universal Studios, you have Disney, you have you have so much to do in Orlando. You have things like Fun Spot even, like minor stuff even. You know, you have different dinner shows. I mean, it is so much to do in Orlando. And I think that by the fire really successful. They didn't have the attendance either. The Fire Frogs were one of the worst attendance teams in the Florida State League this season. If we don't count the Dunning and Blue Jays because they were in a temporary ballpark at the time. So we're not going to count them. Dun- Florida, in a sense, was the worst team in attendance in like a regular ballpark. Their home ballpark. like Their standard, what they played in for the last three years. How would a MLB team survive in Orlando? I don't think it could work. I mean, okay, listen, I think the Orlando City Soccer Club and uh, the Orlando Magic have done very good, in, 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 and they've actually get pretty good crowds. Uh, the Magic are trying to get better crowds. Um, they're they're working on it. They just made it to the playoffs last year in NBA. Um, I know I'm kind of talking about other sports right now, but it, it goes with Florida State League and kind of with, with the F- Fire Frogs success. I mean, look what the Fire Frogs did. They were not a successful baseball team. And the question it comes, we have to, you know, it'll be publicly funded. You have to get it funded, the stadium, and you have to get people on board with it. And I just don't think it will happen. I I just don't think there's enough people that would actually be willing to go to a game. I think Orlando City Soccer Club works because it's a very good area. It's a very multicultural area in Orlando, and I think soccer works well in Orlando. They've really embraced that Orlando City team. And same thing with the Magic. I think they've done a pretty relatively decent job on, you know, doing a good job with the Magic, and they've done a really good job. And 
I think baseball, it, it just would be tough. I think there's too much in Orlando already going on. I think for basketball, they've been there so long, and they've kind of built a name up, and they built it up so early that, honestly, if you're baseball, and if they do decide to put a team there in Orlando, you honestly would want to, you got to build the name early. You have to build that credibility um, early. Now, they did come out with like a logo. A It's a standard logo. It's nothing crazy, not a major league logo. And the team name that was uh, proposed by Pat Williams is the Orlando Dreamers. Now, I don't think that's a major league baseball team name at all. I don't think that's really a – it's not that it's not appropriate, but I don't think it's it, – it's kind of cheesy. It's very minor league – uh, related, like I could see that as a minor league team name, not a major league baseball club. Um, I mean, there's really nothing, no crazy major league baseball team names that I know of that are really, you know, I mean, Dreamers, it makes sense. You are in Orlando, so it does make sense the name if you really thought about it, but it just sounds kind of corny, you know. It, it just sounds like he pretty much said, all right, well, the Magic are taken, so we can't take them, so what's the next thing that kind of goes with Disney in Orlando? Well, the Dreamers, and, you know, Dream come true. So, I get it, but it's just not good. It, it, it could use some work. And again, it, it is just proposed recently, so I can't really complain about that, and I can't be mean about that. But again, back to what I was saying, I just don't think it would work. I just think there's too much in Orlando already. It's just it's just a lot, and I I would love to see it work. And again, if, if it does, if, if Orlando does get a team, and it would be probably a while because obviously Florida baseball has not worked in the majors. Honestly, they would have to be a really good team at the beginning. They would honestly have to be really good at the beginning in order for pe- for it to be successful because, I mean, you look at how Major League is, and honestly, I mean, you know, the Marlins, they made it, they won World two World Series. That sort of helped a bit, but in all reality, they're both pretty much have been losing franchises, and they really haven't been successful in the majors. So, I mean, Orlando... It, Maybe, but honestly, you guys kind of put a long shot. I mean, Florida baseball hasn't already worked. I think two teams is fine, Miami and Tampa. Tampa is close to Orlando already anyways. Just leave it like that, and then if something happens where Tampa maybe moves in the future, then maybe bring a team to Orlando and see maybe how that works. But overall, for right now, Tampa and you know Miami is fine. Orlando, I wouldn't even really consider you at all for a expansion team. You know, areas I would do is Montreal, Las Vegas is becoming a really big hotspot for sports right now as, you know, the Vegas Raiders and they just got a WNBA team and such as that nature. So, I mean, honestly, in my opinion, Orlando is really at the bottom of my list on teams that would be expansion. I would even put San Antonio and Portland over Orlando as well. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens with it and see if Major League responds on any of it at all in the future. But for right now, I don't think it's going to work. So um, that's pretty much it on the rant. Now let's get kind of into the Florida State League Hall of Fame induction ceremony on Tuesday, November 19th, excuse me, 2019. Um, I was at the event, very, very well run. Um, met the president of the Florida State League, Mr. Ken Carson. Mr. Ken Carson, congratulations on your retirement. It was his final event that he would be hosting. Uh, in do- it was his, pretty much his final thing as the president of the Florida State League. As Terry Reynolds will be taking over in the 2020 season. I'm very excited to have him as our new president. It will be very interesting. He knows his Florida State League very well. He's been around the Florida State League for 56 years. So he knows his stuff. Um, 
but I'm very excited to be able to, uh, very excited to be able to do that. Um, regardless, back to the Hall of Fame, how it went. Uh, it was a very good event. It was a very good event. They well, well, well run. Um, the, the speeches were great. Um, Steve Gliners was pretty, really good. Um, he had a, he made a joke in it, and you'll be able to listen to it. I actually have Gliners and Mike Kubals, um, in, uh, their speeches on my podcast, so you can go listen to it right now on Spotify. Uh, I wasn't able to get Alfonso's uh, at the time, uh, but for um, Gliners, it was pretty funny because uh, Alfonso was the manager of the uh, Brooklyn Cyclones, while Gliner was the um, executive and executive for the Hudson Valley Renegades. So it was pretty funny because apparently they played each other in the playoffs, and he's like, "Hey, well, hey, you saved me a couple. You saved me a lot of money from buying, uh, you know." from buying uh rings so it's pretty funny uh what he's how he said that so he a lot of us got a pretty good chuckle out of that um but uh yeah it was very very good uh really really well done uh Edgardo Alfonso was pretty good it wasn't anything crazy he said but it was a pretty good event uh Gliners was good Mike Coolbows was great I think that was one of the best um speeches and I've heard um I thought it was really he did a, they did a really good job for Kubau doing his speech um, as obviously he passed away due to a line drive he was during a he was coaching for his minor league team and he was hit in the head uh, by a line drive so you know it was a bit sad and I do have that on the podcast if you want to go listen to it you can uh, it does get a bit emotional when his son gets up there and starts talking so just a heads up advice if you are not really into the emotional stuff and just want to kind of listen to uh, what the introducer had to say about him and such uh it, it you know then you would probably want to listen to that first and then probably turn it off but if you want to listen to the whole thing and by all means do it it's a great inner it's a great speech um i would recommend it um very much so that is pretty much it and again it was a great event i would definitely recommend you guys going um next year it was a very good event um definitely worth the money um it is 75 dollars uh this year was 75 dollars. i don't know if it'll change next year we'll see what happens i doubt it but uh it was at the sheraton sand key resort in clearwater florida um this year there was three members in the hall gliner um alfonso and kubau uh, we'll see how many next year but it was a very quick event i, I i'm gonna take a guess that when there's more guys there they'll probably it'll probably be a bit longer though i don't know how every if everybody will be there um if you know if there's some big names like randy johnson was there uh was a inductee one year i don't know if he was actually there um if he was there that would have been pretty cool um but regardless it was a very good event i have to admit it was very very good they did a w- wonderful job doing it and um I'm excited to go next year. It'll be a fun event, and uh, I'll be doing a lot more coverage on it. It was, you know, I kind of, it was one of those things where I kind of had to get used to it and figure everything out, and it was, but it was a great event. I was so happy to be able to cover it, and again, thank you to Mr. Carson and the Florida State League for uh, allowing me to cover the event as a media. I was the only media there, so it was great. It was fantastic um, being able to see all the old players and umpires and coaches, so it was really, really good. Um, So that is pretty much it. Um... For future videos, uh, we will or future episodes, I should say, not videos. Uh, well, we actually we will make an announcement right now. Um, I will be starting a YouTube uh, podcasting channel, so some podcasts will be uploaded onto YouTube. Finally, um, I finally got some things worked out, and I will be posting on YouTube. Um, 
doing podcast episodes, it might be a bit different, so get used to that. Um, we'll be posting some stuff on YouTube in the near future. But um, for upcoming episodes, we're going to have some you know Christmas stuff coming up. Obviously, Christmas is in about a month, so I'm going to have some Christmas stuff uh, coming up with the 12 days of giveaways on the podcast, so stay tuned for that. We're going to be giving away game used items, tickets, uh, you know, some hats maybe, some, you know, swag and such in that nature, um, and, and some, you know, cool experiences. So get ready for that. That should be a lot of fun to be able to, you know, kind of interact with you guys and such um, as well. It should be a very interesting and fun, uh, you know, couple of days there for the 12 days of giveaways. And then we have a very special guest on our podcast, Santa Claus. will be on a podcast. That is right. We have been able to get Santa Claus, the big red man, it will be on a episode. So stay tuned for that. Santa Claus will be on an episode. It's going to be great. Uh, I cannot wait to invite him all the way from the North Pole to be here on the podcast. We're going to be talking about some baseball together, and that should be very, very interesting and very, very fun. So I'm very excited to be able to participate in that. So uh, again, thank you, Mr. Claus, for uh, coming, being able to do, he'll be on my podcast very soon in the next couple of weeks. So uh, that's pretty much it for this episode, but before we head out, we would like to thank our sponsors for sponsoring this video. Officials Depot, the official uh, sponsor of the Florida State League Radio Network. Uh, uh, thank you very much for sponsoring all of our episodes um, as they are the uh, uh, they sell officials gear and umpiring gear for umpires and such. And uh, you can go use their discount code right now, FSL Network. That is all in caps, FSL Network. <clears throat> and you can go save 15% off at checkout over there at Officials Depot. Go check them out if you are an umpire or a referee or if you want any of their swag as well. Go check them out. Very good people, um, and they do a good job. And also go check out... <clears throat> also go check out... PickDrafts.com, PickDraftsDFS on Instagram as well. Um, and if you use our discount code there, which is FSLBB19, you could save 25% off on on all your um, ev- on all your um, events that you do. It's a uh, FanDuel equivalent sort of thing. So in a sense, it's 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 a gambling site. Uh, and uh, go use our discount code. You save 25% off on all your uh, orders there uh, when you enter an event. So uh, And also they have football and they do baseball, obviously, and I think they do basketball as well. So go check them out. Uh, they do basketball and football right now during the season um, as that's currently what's going on. And then once baseball begins, they will start doing baseball again. So very excited about that. Um, so again, thank you uh, very much for you guys sponsoring us. It's always a pleasure to have you as a sponsor of the Florida State League. Um, and then thank you to Grayson Rogers for allowing us to use his music in our intro videos today and also he used our his music today in today's video uh not video geez in today's podcast so um anyways guys that is it for this episode again thank you guys for watching a lot of stuff coming up here uh it's kind of hard because with you know it being the off season and not too much breaking news happening at least minor league baseball wise it's kind of hard to really um it's kind of hard to really uh, do episodes for a minor league baseball podcast. So, anyways, guys, that is it for this episode. Peace out. Thank you guys for always listening. Thank you guys for always supporting. And we will see you guys in our next episode down the road. So, see you guys in our next episode.